When your child is having big emotions, it might be tempting to step in and solve the issue right away. Children don't have the same capacity adults have when it comes to identifying and regulating their emotions. As parents and caregivers, there are things we can do to help children navigate and cope with these feelings and stressful events. Licensed professional counselor Chelsea Allen Labam from Sarah Bush Lincoln will join me for today's podcast. She'll outline several ideas that you can enlist to help your child manage those emotions that in the long run will help them become more resilient and better able to handle life's challenges. We'll be right back. Severe back pain couldn't stop Amy from teaching yoga. Knee pain wouldn't stop Beth from dancing with her husband George. Arthritis in the shoulder couldn't stop Kyle's joy of teeing it up on the golf course. They discovered world-class surgery and rehab with Sarah Bush Lincoln Orthopedics. Learn how you can get back in the game with the largest orthopedic and sports medicine team in downstate Illinois. Sarah Bush Lincoln. Welcome to Health Styles. This is your host, Lori Banks, and Chelsea Allen Labam, licensed clinical counselor from Sarah Bush Lincoln, is back. Hi, Chelsea. Hello. How are you? Oh, I'm doing just fine. How are you doing? Not too bad. We usually see each other at the gym yes. here on campus, so it's <laughs> nice to see you in a different setting. Mm-hmm. So we're going to talk today about big feelings in children, something that I'm sure all of our parents out there have experienced firsthand, and maybe you first-time parents, you haven't had that, but it's probably coming, right? Absolutely. (laughs) Okay, so what do you consider, when you talk about big feelings in a child for a parent, explain what does that look like, what does that sound like? So typically, because children are very different and they don't have an easy time kind of talking about or even understanding their own emotions, um, normally you'll see it in changes in behavior. So for example, like if a child is feeling anxious or is feeling overwhelmed, they might complain of having a stomach ache or having a headache. Um, those kind of things to look out for. Or if you're noticing that your child's having more temper tantrums than normal, or if it's just behavior that you feel like is out of the ordinary, most of the time there's something deeper that's going on. They just don't know how to tell you that, or they don't even know what's going on themselves. So they need a little bit of help in figuring that out. So is it is it an outburst? Is it their uncontrollable crying, a tantrum? So it's physical there's some probably some screaming, some yelling happening. Yes, most of the time. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you know, like I feel for the parents that it can be really easy to feel frustrated yourself during these situations. But, you know, it's really important to recognize that it's nothing to do with you. It's nothing to do with your parenting skills. There's nothing wrong with your child. It's just that they're having a hard time expressing what it is that they're actually feeling or even pinpointing what it is that's making them feel that way. Okay. So that's why you see it. Sometimes you see videos on YouTube about, you know, the smallest things like this little boy couldn't, you know, eat the dog's food. Yeah. They have mm-hmm. meltdowns over things that we as adults are like, what? That we would find silly. Yes. Yeah. And we, we, make, <laughs> we make YouTube videos. Out uh, of <laughs> yeah. And while it's for our enjoyment, like for some parents, like that can be really frustrating, but you know. So a lot of it, as you said, stems from they're just too young to be able to verbalize 
you know, what's upsetting them. So mm-hmm. what is the first, let's talk about the first thing a parent should do and then maybe what should they not do when this happens? Okay. So step one would be to help them to recognize their emotions. Um, in order to know how to manage your emotions, you have to know what it is that they are. And so, um, you know, kind of getting familiar with the lingo of emotions and mental health um, is going to be really helpful. So that means explaining that everyone has feelings. Um, Some of them feel good, but then others might not feel so good. That doesn't mean that they're wrong um, and it's okay to have them. So that's super important is normalizing that there's no good, there's no bad. They're just kind of there and that's okay. So here's maybe what not to do in those situations. And so if you're noticing that your child's having a really big reaction, you know, telling them don't cry or stop or, um, you know, even making them feel bad for having these emotions, like you're making me feel frustrated. Um, You know, it's not fair to the child because they really don't know what's going on and they don't really know how to cope with what they're feeling. And so, you know, kind of placing that blame on them as well is only reinforcing that negative behavior. It's not really solving the problem. Chelsea, let's get into some specific ideas that you can give parents when it comes to helping their children with these big emotions. The first one is helping them with coping skills. Yes, coping skills are necessary for both dealing with feelings and stressful events. So in order to know what coping skills to use, you really have to help the child to understand, you know, a little bit deeper on what it is that's triggering that emotion that they're experiencing and, you know, validating that it's okay to feel that way. And so helping the child to notice those physical sensations that they're feeling, like for example, Sometimes whenever we feel angry, we tend to feel a little bit of hot in our face. And so, you know, if you're noticing that your child's body temperature is warming up, you know, recognizing like, hey, I'm starting to notice that you're getting a little bit warm or your face is turning red. Like maybe that means that you're feeling angry. One of the simplest ways that you can teach coping skills is to model them. And so I stressed in the last um, podcast that I did that parents themselves have to take care of themselves because their children are always watching. And so I'm going to reinforce that idea again in this podcast um, because when parents experience emotions, you know, we have the capability of, you know, communicating our emotions to each other or to be open with our children about that. And so sharing those difficult moments and how we manage them can be really powerful too. And so whenever it comes to teaching those coping skills, we need to identify the different choices that children have to make whenever dealing with those big emotions. So some of the more common and easy to use coping skills in the home environment would be um, some deep breathing or using imagery, like some type of guided imagery. So creating this sense of a safe place and allowing your child to imagine them, to use their creative and imaginative skills to take them to that place. Or even, you know, providing the children with a healthy distraction can be helpful too, like taking them outside to play or going on a walk. So a lot of these skills can be pretty simple in nature, but I can recognize how in the moment it can be very difficult to come up with these ideas because, you know, tensions are running high, emotions are elevated. And so sometimes we don't think very logically when we're in those situations. So maybe the time to maybe do some of these things is when your child isn't in that big emotional state. Yes. You know, or maybe when it's a little bit 
downtime. Mm -hmm. Yes, that's what I highly recommend to the parents of my child clients is whenever you're starting to introduce these coping skills to do them just on like a daily basis, whenever they're calm that way, you know, they are in a place of stability and they can really take in the information and understand it and then practice it later whenever they're in the moment. All right. So another one is to read some specific books. You know, this, uh, books are great because the information's already there. So mm-hmm. what, what about books? Yeah. So fortunately, there's lots of different children's books out there that exist um, that help to normalize and then also manage feelings. Um, some of my favorite ones personally are um, All Feelings Are Okay by Emily Hayes. A Little Spot of Emotion by Diane Alber. And then a few other ones discuss general emotions like How Do You Feel by Lizzie Rockwell or In My Heart, A Book of Feelings by Joe Wittick. So these options can give an overview of the many feelings a child may experience each day. Now there are more specific resources that you can use that target particular feelings. And there are more specific resources that you can use that target specific feelings. So for example, um, When Sadness is at Your Door by Eva Eland that um, shares how a girl manages her sad feelings by sitting with them and not pushing them away. And also grief can be a really difficult concept for parents to try to explain to children. And so sometimes introducing books that talk about grief, normalize grief, kind of explain it more thoroughly can be helpful as well. Outside of books, there's also other kinds of resources. So some of the things that I like to use, like, you know, you can go to YouTube and type in, you know, emotion regulation or guided imagery. You can find lots of resources on there. If there are books that I don't have access to, I can usually find them on YouTube and we can watch it together. We pause it. We ask questions, answer questions, partake in activities. Um, The internet can be a really helpful resource. Whatever resource you choose, reading about, watching characters who grapple with and overcome strong feelings can help to normalize those similar experiences for children. Okay. So another one was provide an emotional outlet. And you had alluded to this earlier. Find the find ways for these kids to get those mo- emotions out in a more productive manner. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. Um, children can benefit from a variety of different ways to express their emotions. And it also allows them to kind of utilize their, you know, natural creative outlets. So that could be writing, it could be movement and dancing, or it can just be simply talking to, you know, a friend or a loved one, someone that they trust. Um, one of the most common and powerful methods that I like to endorse is journal writing, just because when you think about these really big feelings like anxiety or anger, most of the time, like it's just feelings that are bottled up inside of us and they need somewhere to go. And so, you know, journaling allows the child to get those emotions out on a piece of paper to make sense of these feelings and to kind of allow them to put the pieces of the puzzle together to come up with their own solutions. And so that seems to be a good outlet, but I do also want to emphasize that there is no right outlet for expressing emotions. It's all about trial and error, finding a system that's going to work for you and your kiddo and sticking to what feels comfortable and right for you. Okay, so this next one is really more for the parents, and this is probably easier said than done, depending Mm -hmm. on the situation, (laughs) and that is to stay calm. 
Yes, very much so <laughs> easier said than done. Um, but as talked about earlier, um, whenever you're in the moment and you're experiencing your child's big emotions, it can be really hard to stay calm and clear-headed. Um, but in these moments, it's important to make a special effort to model the behavior that you would like to see in your child. So that means maybe you could take a few deep breaths, say that you need a break, take a time out or walk away for a few minutes to demonstrate to your child that that is an appropriate way to handle your emotions. Even with the best of intentions, sometimes it's not possible to be the role model your child needs. So when this happens, acknowledge how you allowed your response to get the better of you and how you'll cope better with it next time. That communicates to your child that it's okay to make mistakes and you know, you're not going to be perfect every time and to take ownership of those behaviors. All right. So let's talk a little bit about talking with your child about the differences between feelings and behavior. Yes. So while we don't necessarily have control over our feelings, we do have a choice in how we express them and then also handle them. Um, so, so it's important to remind your children that all feelings are okay to have, but it's what we do with them that matters. So for example, um, kind of jumping back to the idea of these physical sensations and how they communicate, you know, what we might be feeling in our bodies and connecting that to an emotion, um, the feeling of anger is fine to have, um, and it may even make your body feel tense enough to want to lash out at someone, um, but that still doesn't mean that doing that is okay. To be physically aggressive is not okay. And so, you know, normalizing it's okay to feel angry, but it's not okay to do, you know, A, B, and C. So, you know, finding a way to differentiate normalization of emotions but then also setting that boundary that these behaviors that may come with that emotion are not okay. Um, also, another example would be like if a child has, you know, some anxiety about school going on or they have a big assignment coming up and they're feeling a little nervous about it, normalizing that it's okay to feel nervous, it's okay to feel anxious, but skipping school or, you know, wanting to stay home is not going to solve that anxiety. It's not going to fix the problem. It's just going to reinforce it. Okay. And this last one you say is to instill a growth mindset. What, do, what does that mean? So what it means to instill a growth mindset means to teach children that difficult experiences and emotions can actually help them to grow and improve. Because you know, as a parent, it's normal to want to shield your children from difficult experiences or emotions. You want to protect them from those really difficult experiences. But when that happens, they get the message that they're not capable of handling life stressors. So in these situations, it's important to explain that uncomfortable emotions are simply just opportunities to learn something new and to grow. So for example, um, maybe your child didn't get the grade that they wanted on a homework assignment or on a, on a big test and is feeling really bad or critical of themselves. And so this is a good opportunity to discuss the things that they might have done well or how they can improve next time to make a better outcome or to create a better outcome. Chelsea, these are all really great ideas. I did want to ask, when should parents seek professional help, either going to their child's pediatrician or a professional counselor such as yourself? In my professional opinion, I feel like you know your child best, and if you feel like their behaviors are 
really out of the norm or if you're having a more difficult time in regulating their emotions, then it's okay to seek out professional help. You know, there's never a right or wrong time. Um, but if you're feeling very concerned about your child, usually it's really helpful to reach out to your primary care or to your child's primary care physician, you know, get a secondhand opinion. And then most of the time, if they feel like the need is there, then they'll make a referral to um, a counseling professional. Okay. As Chelsea, as we wrap up today's podcast, what little nuggets of advice do you have for our parents who are listening out there? Okay. So always ending with some words of encouragement. And so I just wanted to say that um, teaching your child to manage their feelings is one of the most powerful things that you can do as a parent. And it's not always easy or smooth. And so extend yourself a little bit of grace when things don't go to plan. The wonderful thing about parenting is that we can also grow alongside our children and learn together. When we can commit to a parenting path that helps our kids learn how to regulate their emotions, they can become resilient in the face of challenging moments. And I want to wrap it up with this quote that I came across um, one day, and I felt like it was really powerful. So maybe this can resonate with some of you listening out there. It goes, we seem to forget that children are just small people who are trying to figure out the world. They're allowed to have breakdowns. They're allowed to not like things. They're allowed to have a hard time. It's not okay to expect children to handle their emotions when sometimes we as adults struggle with regulating our own. That's very well said. We mm -hmm. do forget that sometimes. Mm -hmm. All right, Chelsea, it was great to see you again. I'll see you either in the hallway here, we're in the same building, or over at the gym. Mm -hmm. All right. Thank you for having me. Here's a quick recap of the things you can try to help your child manage those big emotions. Teach your child coping skills and model that behavior. Talk about the differences between emotions and behaviors. Provide an emotional outlook and seek out books and online resources that Chelsea mentioned. And finally, instill a growth mindset. This will help your child better navigate and handle future challenges. And remember to always speak with your child's health care provider if you have questions or concerns about their physical or mental health. Thanks for listening, and we hope you'll join us again. For Health Styles, I'm Lori Banks. I hope you have a great day.